0: Chumba. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash
2: boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply.
0: Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold. For one year from first match, Muskie IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robert Financial LLC member SIPC.
2: The first presidential debate is in the books. Megyn Kelly is going to join us to talk about this debate and what advice she would have for the president. Also, Joe Biden doesn't like Antifa. Just kidding, he really does. But don't worry, it's not a real group. Somehow he says it's a, just an idea, even though they're torching American cities. Oh, and the Green New Deal, he says he doesn't like it, except his website says he loves it. The Ben Ferguson Show podcast starts right now. All right, welcome to the Ben Ferguson podcast. It's nice to have you with us after the first presidential debate. And a dear friend of mine, uh, who I've been doing TV with now, I'm getting old. This is how I know I'm getting old. For gosh, I don't know, 15 years is joining me today. She's actually done one of these debates, and she has an incredible new podcast that has just started last week. Megan Kelly is joining me now. Megan, it's always a pleasure to see you. It's been forever. Uh, And it's nice to have you on the podcast today. And and now you're doing the podcast. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, And people need to download your podcast. But you look at this first presidential debate. You've done this before. What was your big takeaway from this first night of, I think it's fair to call it chaos?
1: Yeah, it was chaotic. Um, I sort of look at it more, I know people, it, it was a hot mess, there's no question. But I also look at it more like watching two boxers in the ring and you're trying to figure out, you know, what are the, what's the approach here? And, and Trump was on offense the entire night, jabbing, 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 and Biden kept running to the ropes. You know, he was trying to get into the corner like, ah, ah, scary man. And it, so like, I think from that standpoint, you would either fall in love with Trump or you'd be angry with Trump, right? If you like, if you like an aggressor, if you like somebody who looks strong, you're falling more in love with him. If you're the woman in the suburb who just wants him to be a little bit more polite and genteel you're like ah trump what are you doing but i think it was all about trump and not about biden and that's probably a win for biden right since he's ahead in most of these uh swing state polls Uh,
2: you know i talked to somebody at the trump campaign and they were like what did you think i said guys interrupting is an art in a debate i argue that you use interrupting if there's something you need to nail the opponent on but if you interrupt Everything It takes away from the real big points. There was one big point, and I want to get your reaction to this, and it was the point that, about Antifa. And the idea, and I thought it was a huge gaffe by Joe Biden, where he literally said that Antifa is an idea. Take, take a look at this. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem. This is a left-wing problem. Left this is a left-wing problem. Um, wing we'll um, white supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not militia. That's what All his right. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, gonna- I mean, Megan, the idea when everybody on TV has been seeing what Antifa's been doing to cities around the country, that this is somehow not an organization idea... I couldn't believe he actually said that. Not only that, but that really, in many ways, he kind of got away with it.
1: Uh, completely got away with it. And talk about taking something out of context. So FBI Director Ray said Antifa is is an he said it's not an organization, right? And Trump, his short form was, "You got to be kidding me." But I actually looked it up So I remember the guy came out and clarified it. And Director Ray went on to clarify that this group is. A movement, a quote, real thing, not a fiction, that engages in organized tactical activity at the local and regional level—it's dangerous. So to summarize that with, it's just an idea. It's just an idea. <laughs> Come on! You like you've got to be kidding. We've seen them. We've seen them shoot police officers. Like, please spare us the. Someone's just thinking about doing an anti-fascist thing. We'll see. We'll see what happens.
2: It's it's the point that I saw last night, I'm sitting there going, okay, this is when you do interrupt. This is when you pounce. This is when you don't let him up off the ropes. And then it was like, Wallace, who you know, you've done debates with him. It was almost like he stepped in to take a punch for Joe Biden, like, okay, it's getting bad here. Let's, let's separate this. A lot of people criticized him for that last night. I want your take on that.
1: Oh, you know, I felt for him and I'm, I'm loathe to criticize him because I, I understand how hard it is. It's a high wire act. And and that was unlike anything anybody's had to deal with. I mean, Trump was just, he wouldn't let anybody get an award in edgewise. So I wish Chris had done a few different things to maintain control. And I do think, unfortunately for him, where he did try to assert control every time it inured to Biden's benefit, and not once did it inure to Trump's. So that's why people were left with a bad taste in their mouth. Um, But I will tell you, when I looked at that and the chaos of the debate, I blamed Biden for missing an opportunity. It was 100% Trump's fault with the interrupting. I mean, Biden did like four interruptions and he was right. kind of annoying. Don't get me wrong. Trump was the problem when you're talking about order. But Biden had an opportunity. He, if, if I were advising Biden, I would have said, raise up. Don't look at Chris Wallace as your daddy. He's not. Daddy, Daddy's not going to stop the fight. You want George Washington's job. You go out there. You find a way to make it stop. And you have an opportunity to look at him and say, Donald, we've got an hour and a half we've got 80 to 90 million people likely watching this and they're trying to make a really important decision. So can we just make a deal? I, I won't interrupt you and please don't interrupt me just out of respect for the audience at home. It doesn't matter what Trump says or whether Trump actually agrees.
2: You just look like a statesman.
1: Right? You it, say just, it would you, have
2: been a sound bite moment.
1: Don't whine. Yeah. Just try to be above it all. And then Ben from that point forward, whenever Trump interrupted me, I would have, I would have mocked him like from the high ground. I would have looked over at him like, oh. You seem upset. Do you need a break? Are you, <laughs> you're you're okay. getting the better of you. Like, are you, are you going to be okay? And that would have driven Trump nuts.
2: <laughs> yeah, there was one optic last night, and, and I, I laughed because I knew how the media was going to respond to it. Every time that Biden got very angry or upset, he did what the media accuses Trump of all he doing: doing, name-calling. He said he was a racist. He told him, literally, the president of the United States of America to shut up. If Trump would have done that, they would have said, Trump's unhinged. Trump comes unglued. Trump is erratic and cannot be trusted with nuclear codes. We've, We've seen this play out before. But you saw last night when Biden got really irritated very quickly. He went to straight up name calling, shut up, be quiet. You're a racist. You're a bigot. You support white supremacists. And, and, and that is a point that I think the president did not capitalize on enough, saying, if he can't even take heat from me, how do you think he's going to do dealing with the rest of the world and people that hate us? Well, an ironic-
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woo a hand clap, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Those wound up being self-inflicted wounds by Biden to Biden. Because yeah. every time he did it, he did it right after he made a salient point, right? Like he, he did a wind up, he made a point, Trump hadn't interrupted him, and then he'd land it with some petty insult like, well, you're the worst president in the world. <laughs> you were like, yeah. well, wait, you were kind of seeming presidential, you know, I was getting your point. And then like, and then of course, Trump would respond to it with like, Grow, and then you're back on the playground and you're thinking about the personal insults instead of his point that he wanted us to hear, Biden.
2: You know, I talk every day for three hours on the radio and and this podcast as well, and the one thing I can tell that voters really care about in this election, and it's where I think Donald Trump has the biggest advantage, it's not even the economy, it used to be. It's law and order, and the president needs to capitalize on that more than any other issue right now, because you can watch every night, and in liberal cities, for 100 plus days in places like Portland, what you see is, you see lawlessness in these liberal cities. And last night he did have an excellent point, and I want to play that for you. Uh, It is where the president talked about, hey, Biden, name one organization that has endorsed you in law enforcement. No one trusts you in law enforcement. And, of course, you know, Biden said, oh, that's not true, it's baloney. You fact-check it, what the media loves to do. No one has endorsed the guy. Take a look at this. He's talking about defunding the police. That is not true. He doesn't have any law... Look, he has no law enforcement. That's not support. true. Almost. That's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, really, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look. think we have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, think All, right. All right. Name folks, one law enforcement folks. group that came I think, out. And I think supported gentlemen, you. I think I'm going to I'm going to take back the You know, if I'm Trump, i turn that into a campaign ad right now and run it all the way through Election Day because I think that's how he can turn hearts and minds of the undecideds.
1: Yeah, and, you know, law enforcement is definitely a gettable group by Democrats normally. They tend to be union. They tend to be middle class workers. It's not like this this is a group that always goes Republican. They were gettable. But given what's going on and how just the uniform condemnation of police right now by the Democrats as just a group that's full of racists and they're all brutal, you know, black white doesn't matter, they're bad. Why would they? Why would they get behind the Democratic Party this year? And I think you know, Trump that that was one point he made well because he he stayed all over right? Like he he followed up like which one? Which one? Tell me, name the, name the thing, and he couldn't do it. And I do think that. in the midst of that Proud Boys, all that that bad, bad section that that was not good, um, Trump made a a good point about um, it is, the violence we're seeing in the streets is coming mostly from the left. He's right about that. He tried to turn what was an awkward moment for him into an offense, like an offensive moment against Biden. And because he wasn't clear in condemning Proud Boys, it got very muddled. But it is true that the reason we've seen some militias in the streets is because there was something to fight People were going out and turned from protesters into rioters who are flipping over people's tables and shooting police officers. And, it, you know, there's some background to how they got there, not to defend their conduct, but Trump's right that the majority of the violence has come from Antifa and it's supporting militias.
2: You, you look at the harassment of people, um, you as a public figure, you've had people walk up to you and say things and get in your face, but we're seeing this now happen to normal people that are sitting out having dinner. And I think that's something that the president could really capitalize on saying, do you want to live in a country where people can surround you at dinner, scream at you and tell you that if you don't say something, they will literally come after you even more. And that was a missed opportunity, I think, as well.
1: You're so right, because think about it. Those those videos are so infuriating, aren't they? they they make my blood boil. You see some couple minding their own business. A lot of them are supporters. They're, they're supporters of BLM. Um, and the next thing you know, their tables getting flipped or they're making you raise the fist. You have to raise your fist and say black lives matter or, or, or else like we don't know what, and, and I feel like it's indicative of what's happening in the country on a larger level where even these corporations or the NFL or the NBA, you know, uh, Drew Brees, you will see it our way or you will be punished. You got it? You will do what we say or you're going to lose your job. Got it. And that's I mean, that's no way of winning hearts and minds. They've completely shut down debate. Their, their way of winning debate is you don't get to talk. That's it. You listen to me. You don't get to talk. I feel like if Trump's got any sort of ace in the hole that he didn't create, that's it. People don't want to live like that. We're Americans. It's a free country. We're allowed to think what we want. We're allowed to say what we want. And the thing we cherish more than anything else is the free and open debate of ideas.
2: I was talking to a CEO the other day about back in the 80s and the early 90s, uh, the shakedowns of the Al Sharpton, Jesse Jacksons, where they would go to a company and say, if you don't do what we need you to do, and if you don't donate to us, we're gonna pick at you. We're gonna come out and say that you're, you know, hurting African-American workers and you're a racist company, or you can work with us. What we're now seeing, as he described it to me, is this is nationwide. No one is willing to take on Black Lives Matter, which, by the way, in California was chanting death to America. That is a chant that you hear by the Ayatollah in Iran. You hear it from ISIS and Hamas and Hezbollah and Al Qaeda. They're chanting death to America. They're chanting, what do we want dead cops when we want them now? In New York, they're chanting pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon in Minneapolis while the police are escorting them across a bridge for their protest. But no one has the guts to stand up to them. None of these, I mean, you, you, you talk about billions of dollars in advertising in sports from the U.S. Open in the corners of every end of the court, Black Lives Matter on the NBA courts, the NFL, not a single organization seems willing to stand up and say, I'm not going to support an organization that's chanting death to America.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? You know, to me, it's so ironic because, you know, who protects Black Lives? Police. That, that's who protects Black Lives in the inner city from the crime that goes on there. I think about the women and children in these centers that are filled with violent felonies. And when you when you defund police, you take police out of those city centers. Guess who gets hurt? The women and the children. They don't want the police presence to go down. If you go to any of these precinct meetings, they are arguing for more police. The women talk about how they're relieved when they see a police in the vestibule of their building. So it's this because something awful happened with George Floyd, which no one would defend, um, suddenly the, the women in the inner city Chicago or here in New York have to be at greater risk because we have to get rid of the police protecting them to, because we need to push this narrative that all police are bad and we need to get rid of them. I mean, look what just happened in Minneapolis, Ben. They, they defunded their police, they got rid of the entire police and now immediately they regret it and the board is reversing itself and they want their police back, no kidding. <clears throat>
2: Yeah, not, and, and, and everyone saw that coming, right? You knew that when they said we're going to disband the police, right? I mean, not just defund them, disband them. And now they're like, just kidding, never mind. Took oh, them three I, months.
1: Another thing, if you look at BLM's actual mission statements, and it's a different group depending on where you look. You know, they have local chapters, but t- pull up the one from uh, Seattle and take a look at their mission. What they want is to defund the police, get rid of the nuclear family. They don't believe in, the, in sort of the heteronormative family where there's a husband and a wife who are straight. I mean, like most people are like, I don't care if you're if if you're not hetero and you're not whatever. That's fine. But they're against it like they're against it. And um, they want they want to open up the jails. They want to open up the prisons. Everyone gets to get out because they don't believe the system is fair. Is that what Nike supports? Is that what the NFL is supporting? I think these people, they're afraid. They're afraid of being called racists. They pay the ransom. So just like you talked about with Sharpton, so that they don't. You know if they get in trouble they've got this group behind it and they haven't done their research on what capital b capital l capital m stands for lowercase black lives matter everyone agrees capital it's a totally different story that group people need to understand it before they put their little sign up
0: my guest is megan kelly she's it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like, are you a fist-pumper, a woo a hand-clapper, a high-fiver? I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No
2: purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A good friend. I've known her for years, and I want to take a very quick break. We'll come back and talk about... What are you doing now, this new podcast? How is life? People always say, how's Megan? Where is she? I'm like, it's a great question. We're going to deal with that coming up next in the Ben Ferguson Show podcast. But first, real quick, I want to say thank you to our sponsor today. And that sponsor is the number one conservative organization in the country called AMAC. I want to give you a free membership to the number one conservative organization right now. All you got to do is go online to benfreeonline.com. If you're ready to stand with the President of the United States of America and you're ready to make sure that we get this confirmation of Judge Barrett onto the Supreme Court, then add your name to the list. AMAC has more than 2 million conservatives just like you. They are fighting and protecting our First and Second Amendment rights. All right, welcome back. It is the uh, Ben Ferguson podcast. My guest with me is a new podcaster to the game, and it's going to be a very, very, very big and successful podcast. Megan Kelly, uh, I get asked this all the time for people that know that, that we know each other. They're like, what is she doing? Where is she? I miss her. Now you don't have to miss you anymore. You guys have just launched uh, your, your brand new podcast. Tell everybody about it.
1: So it's called the megan kelly show and you can download it on you know your phone i was talking to my mom she's like how do i get it i don't understand i said mom (laughs) go to your apps you type in podcasts it'll come up you click it you've got a little button now on your phone and then you just search megan kelly there i just hit subscribe and download and then you give me a five-star review that's it that's all you got to do mom
2: five-star reviews important don't forget that
1: totally and it was actually funny because i looked at the reviews one day and it was like it said, like, great, great, great. And it said, mom, 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 I'm like, oh, my God, how long? And then I realized it was mon, Monday. It was your I had a whole shit moment. Like, oh, mom, you went too far.
2: <laughs> you went too far. She's like, hey, she's all in. At least she you knows she's got your back.
1: She's awesome.
2: So and what it- are people going to get with this podcast?
1: So I'm going to do a couple of different things. We'll do long form interviews with interesting guests, especially on taboo subjects. I mean, I'm I'm actually really interested to touch every third rail because we need more people to do it. No one's gonna have these honest conversations unless more people start having these honest conversations. You know, we have to push back against the narrative that certain subjects are untouchable. Um, and so that's one, but two, I wanna do the news. So for example, uh, today, Wednesday, we dropped an episode or about to, that talks about our, my reaction and my panel's reaction to the debate, debate last night. We have like a long, interesting discussion on what worked and what didn't work and I think that's always something that I, I, I did okay. You know, I, I was able to take something dense and big and sometimes confusing and condense it down to something that was easy to digest by the audience. So I'll be doing that too.
2: You know, I, I, I went through the withdrawal that I think you probably went through when I did seven years at CNN. And then I had this period over the last three and a half months, I've done no TV. And nice. it's surreal but it's also kind of been like disconnecting from social media in a sense where you just get this, okay, I get to relax and, and not have to do that. Have you missed TV? What part of it do you miss? Do you wanna do it again? I mean, when you did that interview at Fox a couple months ago, I love it. Everybody thinks that if you're in TV, you know everything. And I, my phone blew up going, she's coming back, she's coming back. I'm like, I have no idea.
1: That's sweet. So many people have said, just go back to Fox. We wanna see you on Fox and I, I appreciate that. But the truth is, I, I don't miss that at all. Um, for me, the, my life in cable news, it, it, when I, once I ascended to the prime time, was really tough. It was highly unpleasant. And I just, I looked around and said, I don't wanna live like this. It's not worth it to me. You know, I love my audience and my relationship with them, but I need some joy in my life and i need to see my kids who are only seven five and three when i left fox news so you know i stand by that and i, I made the right decision for me obviously nbc did not work out it was not a good choice for me which i learned the hard way and i never i just kind of thought i'd do a morning show that would let me get home to see my kids and i didn't really think it through which was on me um but now that i'm free and i can set my own schedule on my own boss and i can do the news the way i want to do it and just reconnect with my audience I feel totally hopeful, you know, I'm seeing my kids, I'm seeing my husband, I'm seeing actually my friends, which is amazing. I never had time to nurture those relationships. And so far with this podcast, it's like, I'm doing it right now from my house. I go back there, I say what I want to say, I have these interesting talks and nothing's off limits, just the way I always dreamed it could be.
2: You know, I, I a couple years ago, I didn't feel that happy. And I wanted something that was just pure joy because everything I did was controversial, right? There's always people writing nasty things, trying to take you down, coming after you and your family. I didn't, I, r- I really didn't do much outside of like my very, very small group. And I love barbecuing. And I said, I'm gonna open a barbecue restaurant. I love doing it. No one hates you if you make barbecue. And people said, Ben, you're crazy, you can't do it. <laughs> Literally opened a barbecue restaurant in my hometown of Memphis. Wow. The most joy that I've ever gotten from a business venture because no one hates you, no one, it's people gather around food, they eat, they love barbecue, there's a cult following where people travel from California to New York and they come and they eat and they're happy. And I've found that, what is it that you do? What is it that people don't know that is kind of your outlets now?
1: Well, the truth is I have no culture in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, my kids are still young right now, they're 11, nine and seven. and. What I do is I mother my children and I see my friends and it, for me, it was a slow boil getting back to happiness because obviously when I left NBC, I was unhappy unhappy for several months because I, I couldn't stand what what was going on with that. Um, but then once that passed, I just, I started to see my kids again. You know, I started to see them every night and even while I was at NBC, I, I had a lot of good time with my kids in the evening. And then you start to, I started to do yoga, which I never did before. And this other crazy thing called the class here in New York City, which is so fun. Um, what is it? It's, it's awesome. Well, I'll complete this and then I'll answer you. And so like, it seeps in over time. You, you have enough drinks with your friends. You do enough yoga with them. You have enough funny laughs with your kids at night when otherwise you would have been at work on the air. And you think, I feel good. Why do I, why do I feel good? what's going on you know it has sort of a natural antidepressant effect on your life so I've been the beneficiary of that but okay the class it's closed right now you can do it virtually but it's this exercise program where you go and they do like you do aerobics and then you get down in tone and then you have more aerobic activity than tone but the <laughs> reason so interesting is because it's supposed to be kind of like therapeutic Yeah. but so you these women are like they get down and they work a body part. Let's like, say it's your arms like this. And you're doing your arms and you're doing your arms. And they, it's like six minutes of your arms, they're burning. And they encourage you to be like, ah, and you scream. And some of the women cry. I've never done that. But I, I'm there like this. like.
2: I would be doing it to watch. Like, what is she going to do next?
1: That's how I am. I'm like, oh my God, I'm next to a crier. I'm next to a screamer. Which is like painter, You know, it's the most yeah. interesting hour. But it does work on your body and... You know, usually- And it's you like, can
2: totally tell who's going through a breakup and who's not, right?
1: Totally, and, and you know, of course they all hate <laughs> Trump. So whenever anything happens with Trump, it's like, we're all stressed out right now. And I'm kind of like, eh, whatever. But it's usually some 22 year old girl who's never been through anything, trying to give you little, you know, picadillos on how to get through life. But they have a couple of women who are really smart and really strong and it was kind of just the right thing for me to be doing for a while.
2: New York, I gotta ask you, you're in New York. You've seen a mass exodus of New York. I've always said New York with the fear is if you don't live in New York and you're not there, then you're not in the game. The game is now dispersed all over the country, from even Canada down to Florida to middle America. I have more friends that used to live in New York that said, I'll never go back after the fear of leaving. Is Megyn Kelly ever, are you going to leave or are you going to stay a New Yorker?
1: Uh, That's a good point. I mean, I talked to Erica Rivera, you know, Geraldo's wife, a doll. And, you know, they moved to Ohio. And she said, M.K., the hardest part about leaving New York is leaving New York, you know, yep. and after that, you never look back. I tell you, Ben, we we seriously are taking a hard look at it for the first time. And it's it's not really because of covid, because I think the city will come back from all the nonsense inflicted on us by our mayor. Um, God, who's just awful. But I it's it's everything else like defunding the police in New York City and and just the hard left turn that it's taken. I've always been somebody who's more of a centrist. You know, I would say I'm center-right. I've got a couple things that I'm more, a little bit more left on.
2: Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy.
0: <laughs> Jumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Uh, I'm not hard right or hard left on anything. I didn't care. I could get along. You know, up here, Upper West Side, people didn't bother me. You don't have to talk about politics all the time. <laughs> but it's just gotten so intolerant in the schools. In the community of any viewpoint that doesn't just submit to their worldview, and I, I don't want to be around that all the time, and I don't want my kids to be around that all the time, and I don't want them growing up in an environment that's anti-American because it's gotten very anti-American in, in some of these schools. You know, the Howard Zinn approach to history mm-hmm. and how we're all oppressors, and I just, for the first time, Doug and I are taking a hard look at what the options are.
2: Hey, you and I have a good friend, Ben Shapiro, who he's making the move to Nashville, Tennessee from L.A., lived there his whole life. It's very much the same thing we're seeing in California right now. People are saying, all right, I'm going to make this decision. I'm done.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, if if the community doesn't align with your values and they're in their face about their values, it gets really tiresome. And even at like, you know, my daughter's school, which I love. I love the teachers there. And don't get me wrong, but There's a 10th grader who we know who, of course, was assigned Ibram X. Kendi's uh, How to Be an Anti-Racist over the summer. And I asked, you know, just out of curiosity, did did they assign you, you know, Coleman Hughes's takedown of that book, Um, who is this incredible intellectual who's given a very honest look at race issues? He's black and he's been really vocal about this movement. And, And really, just if you haven't read Coleman's discussion of that book, you should. Of course not. They're not interested in giving both sides like that. They're, they, they want to say what they think is right to get patted on the head so that they don't get in trouble or called nasty names. Well, one of the liberating things about having been called the nasty names is you, they don't have that power over you any, anymore. You know, they, they don't have that power. I'm, I'm fine, and if you call me nasty names, I'm still going to be standing here saying what I believe. And then your real challenge is to say what you believe and to try to convince me not punish me into submission.
2: I got two more questions for you before I let you go. I was I was asked, I think, one of the most interesting questions of my career when I was doing a speaking event the other day. And the the moderator said, what is the biggest misconception you think the public has about you, Ben? And I said, I I really love people and I really like to have fun. I don't you know, I debate and go to war on TV, whatever. But this idea that I'm some evil, mean person, right, because of what I've done the last seven years at CNN, where you're always being attacked and people say, oh, he must be a jerk or whatever. I say, that's my biggest misconception that I would love to change. You've had a lot of articles written about you. You've had a lot, even a movie. When you were kind of going through this, I'm out at, you know, NBC, I've got this time. And you see all this and you decompress. What do you think the biggest misconception is about you as a person that you wish people would know is just not true?
1: Well, similarly, I think people who don't know me and people who didn't watch my show, people who watch any of the shows I've done, they know me better. Um, but it, but they think the words uh, the words I hear are ice queen that I'm an ice queen, and that uh, <laughs> if I, they only
2: knew I, you, that's just not true.
1: Well, I'm not I'm not sure if I want to disabuse people of it because I kind of it makes me sound like a little stronger than I might be. Um, but it isn't true at all. I mean, I'm very goofy and very am I, I have the sense of humor of a 12 year old boy. I mean, honestly, like toilet humor, all that. I love it. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm just, I don't take myself that seriously. I come from a long line of very funny women and it's just, I'm, I laugh at everything. But as you say, you're out there every night in the Coliseum and when you put somebody in the Coliseum and the tiger comes at them, they're going to fight. and That also happens to be something I know how to do well. So, and I don't mind doing it. I I like to fight, I am pugilistic. So I think people just think maybe I'm not a nice person, (laughs) but I am, I'm just in the business of fighting when I'm working as a cable news anchor. Uh, One of the things I'm doing on the podcast is something I think better rounded, you know, something, it's not about fighting all the time, it's about good discussions where you learn, you feel that intellectual itch scratched while hopefully being entertained. Um, but make no mistake about it. If you put somebody across from me who's saying a bunch of nonsense or attacking me or my audience, they're going to get it.
2: Lastly, and uh, I know that, again, for people watching right now, make sure they download your podcast. You can subscribe, give the five stars. I want to get one more political question in. I don't think Donald Trump grabbed enough of the um, undecideds in this first debate. Uh, If I had to, guess who's gonna win if the election was today, I think there's a very good chance it would be Biden. I want your your take on that. And also, what does Trump have to do in debates two and three to get enough of those undecided? Because I think we're we're so divided as a country. I think it's probably 48, 48. There's very little room in the middle. You gotta get above obviously that 50, you know, plus one to, to win this thing. What does Trump have to do to 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 get that win?
1: I think you should spend all the debates talking about the agenda you're gonna get if you put Joe Biden in office. You know, at the, at the end of the last race, when Trump won for the first time, Hannity closed out his show the night before the election with a long indictment of Hillary Clinton and the policies you'd be getting under Hillary Clinton. And it was, it was effective. And I think if Trump s- tr- just tries to stay on message, you know, gets out of his own way to try just focus like a laser on what you're gonna get Because if you look at the two men and you're trying to make an assessment of who's kinder, who's more genteel, who would people like more, you're probably going to go with Biden, you know, given the way they present. But when, like last night, Biden's like, it's about unity. We need to come together. It's like, okay, that sounds good in principle. But the the people you want me to get together with are overturning my dinner table, telling me if I don't take a knee, they're going to hurt me. So um, I'm not sure how we're going to unify over stuff like that. And you're saying to unify, you might add three more justices to the the Supreme Court, which effectively nullifies the Supreme Court. So it's going to be tough to unify over things like that as much as as grand as you make it sound. So Trump's got to zero in on that and he better get his examples ready for the love of God. Make your point. A have little one and little two ready to go. Make your point, B. Have little one and little two ready to go so you can back it up, back it up. And I think that's all he should be doing and he should not be insulting, he should not be interrupting, he doesn't need to look presidential, he just needs to get more substantive.
2: Last thing, I gotta ask you, will we have a new president or will we know who the president is on election night or how long do you think he could drag on because of all the mail-in ballot, I want a date?
1: I mean, call me crazy, I think we'll know. I think we will know I think it'll be a decisive uh, win one way or the other. And I also think that if Trump loses there will be a peaceful transition of power. I, I do think he'll do that um, but I don't know Ben I wouldn't count him out. He was trailing Hillary Clinton this time around too and oh, I,
2: I think I think a lot of conservatives lie to pollsters because they just want to screw with him
1: and I they're just not not even that okay so yes they want to screw with them but they're they're people who live like on the Upper other side who've been shamed out of saying anything. Like, they're just, they're just not gonna tell the truth because as soon as you say you support Trump, you're a racist, bigot, xenophobe, sexist, transphobe. You know, I could go on. Everything. So who's gonna say that, right? Like, no one must be called that. Now, I'm not saying, you know, everybody who's sitting on the sidelines right now is is like that, but I wouldn't underestimate the secret Trump vote. And I think if, if Trump keeps making the case about what the alternative is, some of those on the fence moderate Democrats, moderate Republicans who are leaning Biden might come home.
2: The silent majority, I think, is real. I agree with you there. Megan, always a pleasure. Congrats on the new podcast. Everybody that is listening to this or watching this on social media, make sure you download her new podcast. And I hope we get to do this again soon.
1: I would love to. Anytime.
2: Thanks. Download the podcast right now. And don't forget, download my podcast as well. Megan Kelly, I'll see you soon.
1: See you, Ben. All the best.
2: A big thanks to our good friend, Megan Kelly, for coming on the show today. Also, don't forget, subscribe to my podcast as well. You can go online to wherever you get your podcasts and just put in Ben Ferguson. The podcast will come up. It's like the logo behind me. And you can actually subscribe to our podcast. Thank you for watching. Share this video on social media as well to help everyone see what we had to say today and also the interview with Megan Kelly. I'll see you back again here real soon.